and the cop took me into the jail, put me in the jail cell, and then called the cop who gave me the card and said, I got this guy Al Brown in my jail cell. He's got a card from you. He's got a PBA card from you. This guy any good? After 30 minutes of me sweating in there, the cop hangs up the phone and he looks at me and he says, you're lucky, pal. This guy just vouched for you. If it weren't for that, you'd be all mine. Now get the hell out of here and don't let me ever see you again. ADHD Rewired Episode 144. This is the show designed for those of us with really good intentions, but a slightly wandering attention. My name is Eric Tivers. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, coach, and speaker. The website is ADHDrewired.com. We know that starting is the hardest part, so let's get started. But first, let me tell you about this. Can't get enough of the podcast? Want more ADHD Rewired? I don't blame you. Go to erictivers.com slash events to find out everything that we have going on coming up. We have a lot of stuff coming up, and I'm going to tell you more about it during the break. But go to erictivers.com slash events to see our community calendar and to register for all the upcoming webinars, Q&As, and uh, everything else that's beyond the podcast. That's erictivers.com slash events. More information at the break. Early registration for the ADHD Rewired Coaching and Accountability Group for this January 2017 session is over and the response was bigger than I could have ever, ever imagined. It was truly overwhelming. There were eight spots available and the demand for spots in the group completely exceeded the number of spots available. This group and the response to the the people wanting to be in this group has grown so much and I want to thank you for everyone who scheduled those calls and people who have been through the group and shared with others the impact this group has had on you because it is changing lives and people are hearing that it's changing lives because the response was so big I have made the decision we are offering a third section to this group go to coachingrewired.com to learn more, group starts January 16th, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It's an hour each. We have a 1030, a 1230, and a 2.30 group. All the information is going to be at the website, but schedule your call now. Go to coachingrewired.com. I look forward to talking with you and to having the next group of the ADHD Rewired Coaching and Accountability Group Get their ADHD rewired. If you want to grow beyond the podcast and you have a desire to connect with people who share your same struggles, then sign up for the coaching group because it'll totally change your life. It'll move you forward and it's absolutely worth it. So what you're going to hear for today's episode is uh, clips from conversations that I had at the 2016 Chad conference in Costa Mesa, California. So I went around and asked 
different people, different questions. I ask people to share stories uh, about their ADHD um, or just stories in general. Um, ask people to share tips and strategies, things that they want to learn. So one of the things that I found was um, when I come up to somebody, whether I know them or not, and ask them to share a story, that I typically get a response like this. Jeez, put me on the spot, why don't you? I am. <laughs> but we also get a lot of awesome stories like this one. So literally yesterday, this is my ADHD story. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. I'm at work and my next door neighbor calls me and says, Kirsten, I just went outside and your dog has been barking for like an hour. So this entire episode contains people that I spoke to, some of them you will recognize as being past guests on the podcast. Uh, many people I spoke to um, were just people who were in attendance at the conference. I wasn't able to use every uh, audio clip that I, that I recorded. Um, also, because I was at a conference, some of the audio does have background. Well, most of the audio has background noise in it. I tried to level it out and do the best that I could. Uh, for some people who are more distracted by background noise, uh, this may be more of a challenging uh, episode for you from an audio perspective. Uh, but I hope we did a good job with, uh, with audio editing and mastering it, that you'll be able to enjoy the stories that, uh, that people did share with me. So you're going to hear sort of the feedback the takeaway, and a lot of really good stories. So let's start with our first two stories with Alan Brown and Kirsten Milliken. All right, so I got here Alan Brown and Kirsten Milliken. So I'm asking people to share just a fun ADHD story and to share a tip or strategy that you're using to just keep your head on straight and to, to keep you going. So give me an ADHD story. An ADD story. Let's see. I'm in Jersey City, and I'm 20-something years old, and I'm driving around with my dented car with a missing front license plate, which you can't do in New Jersey, and I'm high on drugs, and I didn't renew my license, and my, li my insurance was expired, and the car probably wasn't registered, and I had just bought a big, big bag of cocaine in Harlem. Last week? No, it's two weeks ago, when I was younger. No, And I was driving through Jersey City on my way home from Harlem, and I got pulled over by the Port Authority of New Jersey. Pulled over, and he saw my registration, no license plate, all this stuff. And he, and luckily, I had in my wallet what's called a PBA card. Police Benevolent Association, which you can only get from a cop. And the cop took me into the jail, put me in the jail cell, and then called the cop who gave me the card and said, I got this guy Al Brown in my jail cell. He's got a card from you. He's got a PBA card from you. Is this guy any good? And so I'm sitting here because my friend Eddie Lewis, the cop who gave me the card, I'm sitting there, I hope Eddie remembers me because that card's old. <laughs> 
And then they end up chatting about this and, oh, yeah, I'll be at the PBA dinner and blah, blah, blah. Okay, yeah, great, blah, 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 blah. And then they were talking for like 30 minutes. I'm sitting in the jail cell going, I hope they don't search my car because if they do, they're going to find something in there and I'm going to prison for a long time. After 30 minutes of me sweating in there, the cop hangs up the phone and he looks at me and he says, you're lucky, pal. This guy just vouched for you. If it weren't for that, you'd be all mine. Now get the hell out of here and don't let me ever see you again. That is the power of undiagnosed ADHD. Ba-boom! So now that you're, uh, you're, you're crushing it, give me a strategy that's helping you keep your head on straight and uh, you know, not, not get near prison. Um, so yeah, give, give, give us another story or strategy. I'll give you a strategy because this does have application to everyday life. Because we 80 deers, our brain is just not fired up enough. And normal activities don't interest us enough. So we end up trying to fire up our brains with crazy behaviors, but even with sugar and simple carbs. These are basically drugs for us. They, they fire up that glucose. They make your brain feel normal and all that stuff. Cigarettes, too much coffee, uh, Coca-Cola, stuff like this. So if you actually look at this unhealthy kind of stuff and recognize it as a form of self-medication and also recognize that it is addictive. And by the way, I'll also throw in playing with your gadget and, you know, playing video games. You're talking about technology here, right? Electronic gadget. But seriously, these things all give us dopamine hits that are just like the dopamine hits I was getting from cocaine back in when I was a younger man. And if you recognize these things as such and understand that they're not moving you forward, they are holding you back, there's something for you to think about today. There's, and just view them differently. That's your strategy. Awesome. Thank you, Alan Brown. Kirsten Milliken, what's going on? <laughs> so literally yesterday, this is my ADHD story. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. I'm at work, and my next-door neighbor calls me and says, Kirsten, I just went outside, and your dog has been barking for like an hour. Why would my dogs be barking? I'm not here. Are you home? No, I'm not home. Is somebody else at your home? Nobody else is at my home. And so she says, yeah, your dog is sitting on the back porch barking. I work an hour away from my house and it's two o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm thinking, why is my dog outside the house barking? And so I like the dog sitter wasn't supposed to be there yet because I was leaving that afternoon. I know I shut the door because I remember shutting the door. I know that there's no windows open because it's too cold in Maine right now to have the windows open. How the hell did the dog get out of the house? And then I'm wondering, are both dogs out of the house? Because the other dog wouldn't bark. So my neighbor goes over and lets the dog in. I have now in my car realizing that what happened in the morning was one of my dogs wanted to come in. The other dog was waiting for the sun to hit him in the driveway, and so I let him stay outside, and I forgot about him. And I left my house, leaving my dog sitting outside. <laughs> totally forgot about him. <laughs> so that's my ADHD story. So my ADHD tip actually follows on Alan Brown's, which is, yeah, we all do self-medicate, whether it's with chocolate or drugs or, you know, caffeine, things like that. And noticing that that's what we're trying to do for ourselves. You know where I'm going. Instead, use play because it does the same thing. 
So, and yes, playing with electronic toys, other toys, whatever it is that gets your dopamine going. <laughs> That's my tip. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And I hope that, uh, you know, no one from like an animal association, you know, listens to this and uh, you know, com- comes after you because it, it was an, it was an, it was an honest accident. At least it didn't, you know, wasn't that, that one time that you left your child on the, on the top of the car in the car seat. He's fine now. He's fine. Yeah, years of therapy took care of all the damage from that. Yeah. I'm going to need the therapy because that was my baby. So it wasn't, you know, if I left the other dog out, I know he doesn't go anywhere, but my baby, that would have killed me. So, yeah, bad doggy mommy. It looks like they're about to get started here with the keynote. Um, you have something coming up. I don't know. Is it public yet? Okay, so I'm not gonna, the thing that I know that you have coming up. I'm not going to say anything about. But when, but when, but when it comes up and is out, we'll have you on. All right, that's my cue. So that was Alan Brown of ADD Crusher and Crusher TV, and Dr. Kirsten Milliken of PlayDHD. Both were past guests on the podcast. You can hear past episodes with Alan by going to my website, ADHDrewired.com, or just searching in your podcast player. He was uh, episode 25 and was again on episode 124. I also think he had a segment on the 100th episode uh, where I had a bunch of different guests. And you can hear both episodes where I had Dr. Kirsten Milliken on. Uh, She was on episodes uh, 109 and episodes 26. So they are both repeat guests. And uh, definitely check out their stuff. Uh, Check out uh, Play DHD, Kirsten's book that came out, I think it was earlier this year. Um, And so that was Alan Brown and Dr. Kirsten Milliken. Up next, we're going to talk to David. Uh, David is not a professional. Uh, he came to the conference to just learn more information. He has adult ADHD. After we talk to David, we're going to talk to Kendra, another adult with ADHD. And uh, she uh, demonstrates for us a really cool uh, piece of technology that she uses uh, to manage sort of part of her sort of ADHD productivity. Um, uh, it's part of her productivity system. So let's uh, first check in with David, who I also want to uh, thank because we I checked with in with him. What you're going to first hear right now is him at the very beginning, the first night of the conference. Uh, and then I check in with him towards the end of the conference. And then David gave me a ride back to the airport. So David, thank you so much for the ride. It was great getting to know you. Uh, so here's David. David, where are you from? I'm from the uh, Bay Area. Tell me why you're here. Uh, I'm actually here um, a little bit for myself. A little bit for myself because I have ADHD. Um, But then also, too, there's uh, a support group in the Bay Area that we have. uh, I've been really inspired by. And I wanted to kind of come down here and get some information about that. So as, as you said, you listen to the podcast, so you know that I try to help people tell their story. Do you have a story that you can share with us that's, with us that's kind of your ADHD story? Uh, well, I guess I'm a, I'm a little different because, uh, well, I guess we all are, huh, right? Um, and that's the great thing about us. Um, so actually, I used to be in the military. Um, I did that for four years. And then after that, I got out and, you know, utilized the GI Bill and uh, went to school, which was a challenge, challenge enough to say. And since then, I just kind of noticed that, man, I... Because I used to think when I was younger that I might have had ADHD and things like that. Because I'm sort of more the ADD of the, uh, 
I'm kind of a dreamer, dreamer sort of say. Um, so my mind is kind of just. So, some say that you might be a dreamer, but you're not the only one. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, so I, I graduated from school, and you know now, right now, I'm working as a business analyst, um, which has uh, been challenging but great, great for growth. Uh, yeah, I really enjoy that. Um, but um, yeah, since then, I just kind of been watching, listening to podcasts, uh, watching YouTube videos. Um, just kind of inspired by the whole community that's really part of you know ADHD, and you know it's it's really a, more of a gift to say, you know. And so that's why I'm here to like really uh, embrace that and learn more and meet folks like yourself. What does it mean to you to get your ADHD rewired? Uh, to get it rewired, I mean more so to to utilize it. I want to le- utilize it, and I want it to inspire and help others. That it, you know, it, it is just really a gift. A really a gift that you know you can use. So that's that's what I. Can you give us uh, your top productivity tip or strategy that helps you kind of keep yourself on track? You know what? I got to go with technology. Um, there's several apps. Uh, productive, one of the apps that I use um, that really helps with being productive, and really just simple ones like. Uh, Note on on Microsoft, you know, on Windows. Um, that just I just set tasks, you know, and kind of yeah. When I finish off a task, I, I check it off and I'm I'm done, you know, and just just staying on track with what I'm completing and the things that I'm doing and really keeping it simple. That's the best thing for me. David, thank you so much. Enjoy the conference. So that was David on day one of the conference. We will check back with David at, for a conference recap at the very last day uh, before the conference was all over on how we thought the conference went. We will do that later in this episode. Right now, we're going to check in with Kendra, who I noticed was using a piece of technology that she says... It is like a drug to me. So let's check in with Kendra. She'll tell us all about it. Hi, Kendra. And we, we just finished um, Ari Tuckman's presentation. And I noticed that you are, um, I was sort of eavesdropping a little bit, I hope you don't mind. I was uh, noticing that you were using, instead of live scribes, uh, live, the live scribe smart pen. Yes, yeah. How, how long have you been using it? Oh, for about two years. Share with us a little bit about like, exactly how you use it. Oh my gosh, like I was sharing with my friend here, it is like a drug to me. I use it for everything. I started using it for school because I take went back to school, um, and I am 52 years old, went back to school taking a class or two for business, and um, use it for class, tutors. So as I started using it for school and tutoring, I, start, I found myself using using it for PTA meetings. <laughs> I found myself using it for um, if I go to the Apple store, if I'm talking to a friend, I put the friend on speakerphone. If they're explaining something to me, um, I put them on speakerphone, pull out my smart pen, start to writing and let the smart pen um, tape it for me. I mean, so, so let me ask you a question real quick. So for those who don't know what this live scribe smart pen is, how, how would you explain it? Okay. It, 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 I'm telling you, it is a tool. It's a pen that records everything it hears. So, 
give, give us a little bit of a demonstration. So I'm going to, I have my other microphone sort of set up here. You're going to write something on, you have special paper. Yes. Right, so it's a special notebook. Yes. And each page is sort of digitally encoded. Yes. And with that, that allows you to capture unique pages in the recording. So what you're going to do, you're going to go ahead and hit record. Yes, I hit record. Okay, and I don't know if you were able to pick up, but there's a little beep. Now she's going she's gonna to write something. So as I'm talking, she's going to write something about what I'm saying. And so she's, she's writing right now. She's wrote the number one. One, and now she's writing something in cursive. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what she's writing. One, lower that. Okay, so now, so we have this meeting, and so you stop the recording. Okay. And so we want to go back and find out what was it that was said during that time. So can you demonstrate for that? So on the paper, there's actually a play button, a pause button, a record button. You should tap it with the pen. So the, the pen is able to read that uh, paper-based button. Okay, so now you're going to go ahead and, and hit stop. Oh, she's adding something here. Okay. She said, I love that I'm with other ADHD... She's talking about the tribe. <laughs> She's, and and that, that's, that's, you know, there's so much that we learn here at these chat conferences. But I think the, the thing, you know, you can listen to the recordings afterwards and get into the chat website, but you can't get the tribe through the chad website. The tribe. There, that is amazing. Right. You know, it's, it's like in every single conference and every presentation, there'll be someone who 10 minutes in realizes they're sitting in the wrong presentation. I mean, that's just me. I don't know if, I, if you've seen that happen to, to anybody else or, or you. Okay. So you wrote, I love that I am with other ADHD people. Now, right. so Actually, what happens... What you said. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. So if you, if you want to go back and hear what was said at the moment that you were say you wrote ADHD, how would, you, how would we then go ahead and hear that? So demonstrate that. So she's going to tap on the, the page. Okay. I'm going to tap on... Did I say ADHD Okay, let's tap on, let's just do this. I love you. Okay, okay so she just wrote I love you on the, oh, thank you, by the way. Uh, we just met. Okay. <laughs> Things happen fast at ADHD so conferences. That's what I wrote on the paper. So anything it hears that I write, because usually I'm, I'm taking notes or listening to somebody, I'm writing what they say. So I'm going to go ahead and tap on what was just written on the paper. Here we go. As she's tapping. I think the pen's getting performance pressure. <laughs> Did you need to hit stop on the... Uh, you know, it's a sequencing. You got to do things in a certain order. <laughs> so you might be able to hear that a little bit. There was a lot of, obviously a lot of background noise. We're in a room full of other people. But what you're hearing is what was being said the moment that she wrote it. And one of the very cool things, I used to use, use a live scribe smart pen. And one of the cool things when I would get voicemails, I wouldn't have to didn't want to re-listen to it over and over again. So I would I would hit record on that voicemail and then slow down that playback speed so I can just capture that phone number. 
I'm telling you right now, this is the best little tool for people with ADHD because we can go back, we can um, leave a meeting at home, and then we're at home in our privacy and go back and listen to the notes of that meeting. Now let me ask you, do you do that? Yes. Do you have to schedule yourself to do that, or is that something that you should have just built a system around and, and do now? Um, I just built a system around it. I just do it, but I should schedule myself. I'm working on that. <laughs> That's what I'm going to your class for, <laughs> to get the tools about scheduling myself better. Excellent. So now, did you, do you find that you've changed the way you take notes using the LiveScribe Smart Pen? Yes, I do. I, I, I have changed. I don't have now. I don't know if this is cheating, but I do not write as much because the pen picks up <laughs> most of the words. <laughs> but um, yes, I, I do. I, I really do. I try to write as much as I can, but uh, because the pen is picking up most of the words, I don't have to write as much. Now, have you um, played with the, I don't know if your version does where you can create a piano key, like a piano and draw the piano and then it will play the notes and you tap on them? This one is probably not. And you know what? I like the old pen. Tell me why. You know why? Because the new pen um, you can use with your iPhone and it has the stylus. I, I don't, there was something else, there's something else that's wrong with it. it oh, I can't remember. The, the OCR where it can convert into... To yeah, I, I just like, I'm old school. I just want the old pen. I like the just the old version. It, it just I just want simple. Awesome. So what version are you using right now? This is the Echo. It's the, the 2 gig? Uh, yep. And how, how often do you have to sort of dump that out to, to restore it? This one lasts me a while. It, it really does. I... I really don't have to dump it to uh, maybe once every other year. I mean, I really don't have to dump it too much. I really don't. But I found myself, because um, a friend he um, at the school helps me. So I do it. I go to him about once a year. Awesome. I don't have to go to him that much. Because I do need to download it more on my um, computer. I do need to make sure I back up. So that one is not the Wi-Fi enabled one, right? Right. See, I was, I was looking at I was looking at replacing it because um, I, I stopped using it. So my my charger adapter broke, and then I got an iPad at the same time. So I'm like, oh, I'll just use the iPad. But I've been thinking about going back to the live script because there's something about pen and paper that you just don't get from the, the iPad. Because that is the cool thing, the Wi-Fi. That is the cool part. That is the cool part that you you can use your iPad, your iPhone with the, the new pen. But I'm old school. <laughs> well, thank you so much for, for sharing this, uh, this with us. Um, what, what do you do? Um, I'm an esthetician. I do skin care and um, energy healing. At first I said a statistician. I was like, whoa, an ADHD crowd. That's, that's rare. <laughs> well, I do um, um, waxing, body waxing, facials. And well, people who know me well know how badly I can use one of those. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right um do you have any funny stories to share because we love stories oh no my stories aren't that funny because they're they get a little bad no we like those though <laughs> i think we're gonna have to schedule you for a full interview exactly why are you trying to get me in trouble well thank you so much enjoy the rest of the conference thank you honey the next two people I'm going to talk to are Sarah Wright and Belinda Gauthier. And the 
connection that they had during this conference is they were sitting next to each other. Um, they may have another connection besides that. I'm not 100% sure what it is. But Sarah is a, a longtime ADHD coach. She's been in the field for quite some time. And Belinda is uh, actively involved in Chad National Leadership. Uh, they both have two different stories to share. After Sarah and Belinda, we will talk with someone who I check in with right after my presentation who shares the takeaways, and we will hear what this is all about. And I believe I might be the only person in the history of that organization to shut down operations twice in one day. So that's coming up, but right now, here's Sarah Wright and Belinda Gauthier. Sarah, can you uh, say, what is it that you do? Well, I have been an ADD coach for the last 15 years. And Belinda? I'm an HR professional, but I have been involved with our local ADHD support group in a leadership capacity for the past 27 years. Well, thank both of you for your, for your service. Um, and may I ask, do you have ADHD? Everyone thinks I do. That was a very political, kind of politician-styled answer. And Belinda? No, but uh, but my husband says I do, and I know perfectly well it comes from his side of the family. So, you know, the, people joke about saying that it's contagious. I think we we may see research that looks at mirror neurons that will say that there is actually maybe some credibility to that that underpinning of maybe it really is contagious. So, Sarah, I know you presented. You did a pre-session uh, pre-conference workshop. Um, I think you did another workshop. Um, I've always been told your, your presentations are wonderful. I don't know if I've actually ever caught any of your presentations yet. Um, what, so what do you speak about when you're, when you're uh, giving your presentation? What, what did you speak about this weekend? Well, over the years, uh, my interest and focus has changed, but in this particular conference, I was co-presenting with Tamara Rozier, who's the president-elect of the ADHD Coaches Organization, and we were presenting on two topics related to helping you orient with your client and identify their come from more quickly and therefore be able to ask the most powerful question you can for that client in that moment, which is a very important coaching skill. Would you be able to give us an example of that? An example of what exactly? Of how, how do you orient? So you're saying that you are helping coaches and clinicians, I assume, orient to what the needs of that client are? Oh, okay. Uh, our afternoon present uh, presentation was using the Enneagram to help understand your clients come from so that you could understand more quickly what they might care about. So for, for those who don't know what, what an Enneagram is, can you quickly describe that? Uh, go to the EnneagramInstitute.org, I think it is. It's, a, it's something akin, different from, but akin to like the Myers-Briggs or the DISC uh, that allow you to identify some of your clients' uh, strengths, weaknesses, and preferences in pretty short order. What have you learned from doing that? Well, uh, many people who come into ADHD coaching um, come from helping fields, teachers or social workers or whatever. I didn't. Uh, my background is in science and engineering, and uh, it was when I was working as an engineer that I got introduced to the Myers-Briggs uh, type inventory, which... Uh, in very short order, helped me to understand some of my dear friends who I thought might be a little flaky, and it turned out they were just peas. And <laughs> so it gave me a way to, in a very non judgmental way, understand the 
the preferences for approaching the world, uh, the people around me. And that helped me a lot, and it helped the people I was with a lot. And I think these tools are a way to, gives you a rubric uh, to work from that helps you uh, be a more effective coach faster than just doing it by seat of the pants. Sarah, if people want to learn more about you and uh, what you do, where, where can they find information about you? Uh, you can find me at sarahdwright.com. Well, thank you very much. Now, Belinda, we didn't forget about you. Um, so you've been working with Chad. Uh, you have a local group that you run and you're involved in, in the national leadership. What brought you to that involvement? My son, uh, who is now 31, has, um, like, as I like to say, ADHHHHHHHD, and a number of other challenges, including Asperger's. Uh, he was kicked out of five daycares before he turned five, and that's when I discovered Chad. How's he doing now? He finished college last year. He's working, not full-time, but he's working, but um, he's really doing quite well. He has friends. That all started, I think, in middle school and got better by the time he got to college, and that's something I try to hold out to people as a possibility after suffering with no friends for years, uh, especially by the time you get to college. It's not the same environment as all the struggles that the kids go through uh, prior to that. It didn't, none of the bullying, none of that, so he's, he's happy. Uh, and considering our uh, we live in a part of Louisiana that flooded last year and we lost our home and everything. He is doing remarkably well. Everyone asks how he is. He's probably doing better than the rest of us. So, so let me ask you, because uh, the other part of my, my, my clinical practice, I work with, with uh, folks um, high-functioning autism, Asperger's syndrome. And when I see people in their, their early 20s and they're really, really struggling and I've seen people in their late 20s, early 30s and it seems that the light bulb kind of turns on. Is that sort of what you have seen with your son? In many ways. You know, he still has his challenges. He still doesn't always read the room. And he certainly doesn't read my face when I've heard enough of uh, Star Wars. But, um, but in many ways it has. I think he's found himself. And I think he's comfortable with who he is. And that, that was a big step forward. He's, he's become very self-aware. Um, and I didn't really realize he had reached that point until he was away at college and he would call and call me and say I almost got really upset today and you know had a tendency to melt down and he he said I, I told myself you know he, he did some self-talking and he did some uh some calming exercises on his own and he called his doctor and said he needed to increase his anxiety I mean it was like wow where did this child come from you know where were you 10 years ago so uh, definitely Definitely. I'm very proud of him. Well, thank you for sharing that story. Thank you, guys. Coming up, we're going to hear John Wilson's story when he tells us about this. So, so first I caught on fire, and then I flooded it. And then we'll hear from Kate Barrett, who has been on the podcast before, as she shares with us the peaceful joys of packing for a conference and a trip that sounds something like this. Do I have my business cards? Do I have enough pens? Do I have enough chargers? Do I have my phone? And I stress. And I literally, my husband leaves me alone for 24 hours before I have to go anywhere. And then we'll close this episode out checking in with Dr. Roberto Olivardia, clinical psychologist from Harvard, who reminisces about his childhood, telling us some stories like this. Instead of thinking, oh, even then, instead of thinking, oh my gosh, what was I just doing? I could have toppled that motorcycle over and cause major damage 
I went, that was so cool. I'm like, it was so worth it to literally almost get the crap beat out of me by this guy, even though I was- All of those stories coming up, but first, let's talk to Shelly Carpell. Shelly, uh, what do you do? I'm a clinical social worker and do executive function coaching. And uh, may I ask, do you have ADHD yourself? No, I do not. My son does, though. So in this conference, what have you learned so far? If you can uh, give a couple kind of takeaways that you're bringing home uh, for your clients and something that maybe has deepened your understanding of ADHD. Well, truthfully, every time I come, I learn something new. And I have to say that yesterday's talk, between your talk and Ari Tuckman's talk yesterday about time management, was so fabulous because it brought together a whole lot of what it is that we do. And... Um, when I do executive function coaching, I'm looking at the individual executive function um, strategies, and you sort of brought it all together. And for me, time management is like one of the biggest obstacles, so extremely helpful. Is there one kind of takeaway from that that was a, maybe a light bulb moment for you, an aha for you, or a specific strategy or something that you think you can bring to the, your clients? Or are you still sort of digesting all of it? Yeah, there's too much to digest to pull one thing out of it. And I have to say, in some ways, for me, it's a little bit different. Um, a lot of what it is you're talking about, it's what we do. But it made it make sense. And it gave the reasons behind why what we do works, you know. And it does work. So it definitely does. I think a lot of your technological and apps that you talked about, for me, were extremely helpful to hear um, because I don't know it all. And you do, you know, because you're constantly working with it. And so that's helpful for you to pass on to other people. Well, thank you so much and enjoy the rest of the conference. Thank you. You too. If you want to see the presentation that Shelly was talking about, go to erictivers.com slash events. I'll be doing it in an upcoming webinar. That's erictivers.com slash events. Next, let's talk to John Wilson, who is the director of SOAR, which is a uh, an outdoor adventure camp for kids with ADHD and uh, other learning differences. He's going to share with us some of his ADHD stories. John Wilson, what do you do? I'm the executive director of a camp and school called SOAR, and we do high adventure uh, trips for kids with learning disabilities and ADHD. Uh, we were just talking, and you were telling me a story, and I said, hold on, let me hit record. So let's start that story over, because this is a great story. All right. So uh, I am an adult with ADHD, uh, and when I was 16 years old, I got my very first job with Arby's, and I was so excited about working at Arby's. And so I'd been there about seven, eight months, and I believe I might be the only person in the history of that organization to shut down operations twice in one day. Here's what happened. So I was asked to drain the oil uh, in the fryer, and so I, I did so, and about 15 minutes into it, or you know, I, I noticed that there was this beautiful orange glow coming off of the, uh, the stainless steel fryer, and it dawned on me with horror after I, you know, after I sort of was overcome by the beauty of it, that I had forgotten to turn off the elements that, that heat up the oil. And so the oil had drained, and the, the oil that was remaining was on fire. So the fire suppression system kicked in, and this is right before the lunch hour, all right? So the fire suppression system kicks in. We, 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 get, the, we get the element turned off. The fire's out. But now the whole, you know, the whole 
kitchen area is covered in that white, you know, white uh, fire suppression powder. So we have to close operations in order to clean up the mess, and we, we work on it. And we, we open up just in time to sort of finish the lunch rush. About 20 minutes after we opened, it was exhausting, you know, cleaning everything up. I kind of sat, leaned on the hand sink and ripped it out of the wall, busting the water main that we couldn't turn off. We had to have a, a plumber come in, and I flooded the restaurant. So, so first I caught on fire, and then I flooded it. And then I lost my job. <laughs> but, so, but I still love Arby's. <laughs> They've got the meat. <laughs> so what's, what's the lesson learned, learned from that? Oh, does there really have to be a lesson? Can't, can't, can't a good story just be a good story? So tell, tell me what is a... So you have ADHD. You run a, an organization. Um, what is your... like? A most important strategy that kind of keeps you on track um, and keeps your your head attached to your body. Okay, um, it it's it's two. One is called Ohio, which is only handle it once, whenever possible. When you get an email or you get a uh, a work assignment or you get a memo, you know only handle it once. Ohio it. All right. So I, I do that constantly. And then the other thing that's kind of in line with that is I say to my staff and I say to myself all the time, when's a good time to do something? Right now. All right. Well, thank you very much. Enjoy the conference. If you're interested in checking out uh, SOAR, uh, John's camp, go to soarnc.org. I am here at the chat conference with Kate Barrett, who is on the podcast before. Hi, Kate. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Can um, I wonder if you have any fun, recent ADHD stories that you want to share? Oh, jeez. Put me on the spot, why don't you? I am. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I don't know. Do I have any fun ones? Now you're going to make me think, Eric. Would you like me to share a story with you? Sure, inspire me. <laughs> so, I land at the airport. Everything's going going well. I um, look at the, the chart that says when the, the shuttles are coming. I even saw the number and I called just to verify that I didn't need a reservation. So I got in the shuttle and they dropped me off at the hotel. And I wanted to check in. And my name was not in their computer. So, I, I, so they, then they asked, well, maybe you're at the, um, the, what town are we in right now? Costa Mesa. So maybe we're at the Costa Mesa one. I'm like, oh, wait, what town is this? And I think we, I was at the next town oh, over. no! <laughs> so, right, so I'm like, okay. So they call, um, they call the other hotel and um, to, to see. And I'm not there either. So then I open up my email for that confirmation. And I realize we're not staying at the Hyatt. We're at the Hilton. Oops. So I get to call an Uber. That's my funny ADHD story. Hilarious. 
All right, so you have inspired me. So I'm getting ready to leave for the conference, right? I am a horrific packer. I stress about packing. It's the only thing that really stresses me out. Do I have the right outfits? Do I have enough outfits? Can I recycle them? Do I have my business cards? Do I have enough pens? Do I have enough chargers? Do I have my phone? And I stress. And I literally, my husband leaves me alone for 24 hours before I have to go anywhere, particularly a business trip. So I'm packing, I'm packing. And of course, I'm going to Seattle before this to hang out with in-laws, which was amazing. And then I'm coming to Chad. Two completely different climates. So I'm stressing about, do I have enough warm clothes? Do I have enough cold clothes? Well, apparently I bring the sunshine with me to Seattle, so it's really warm, which is fantastic. But now I don't have enough cold, warm weather clothes. So I get to Seattle. I'm all excited. I start unpacking. And I look through everything. And mind you, I've packed and repacked my bag five different times by now. And so I, I start unpacking. And I look in my back, uh, my bag, and I realize the one thing I left was my business cards. And the whole reason, or one of the big reasons I'm at Chad, is to network. So I'm thinking, great. So I call my husband, and I said, yeah, I left my business cards. And he says, seriously? This is, how am I ever going to retire if you don't have business cards? <laughs> so true to form, he overnights business cards to me at my brother-in-law's house. And um, so, yeah. So now here I am with my business cards that I probably just paid twice what they were worth <laughs> to get them here. Well, Kate, that makes two of us. Because <laughs> all year I've been thinking of how I need ADHD rewired business cards, not just my clinical practice business cards. Thinking about it all year. And so for the second year in a row, I had basically promotional material shipped to the hotel because it wasn't going to make it to my house on time. And what really should have cost $30 cost me 70 Oh, yeah. <laughs> ADHD supporting the economy one late decision at a time. Oh, my gosh. That's so true. <laughs> Give me a, um, a, a strategy that you're, you've been using um, that's just helping you day-to-day with life, something that's working for you? Ooh, so for me, my big thing right now is exercise. So I actually, I'm not staying in the hotel where the conference is. I'm actually staying four-tenths of a mile away. And on purpose, I made sure it was within walking distance of the hotels so that I could walk to the conference so that my brain is ready to learn. You can check out Kate's interview on the podcast. It was episode 93 also check out her website, which is coachingseville.com. We're going to take a really quick break, uh, but you'll definitely want to uh, stay tuned through the break because we're going to check in with Dr. Roberto Olivardia, who you just, you're going to want to hear what he shares with us. ADHD Rewired listeners, we've got some great events coming up this month that I want you to know about. We have some webinars and I want you to join me for my brand new webinar, Productivity Solutions for the Time Blind. I'm going to be sharing with you a ton of brand new content and we're going to take a really deep dive into my latest thinking around time management, productivity, planning, processing, prioritizing and getting things done. 
with three dates scheduled. You can join us December 5th or December 12th at 10.30 a.m. Central Time or at December 19th at 12.30 p.m. Central Time. This is a 90-minute webinar and will follow 30 minutes of Q&A. You can register at erictivers.com slash events. Got a question you want to ask? Join us for a productivity Q&A. You can ask us questions by video or by text chat. We're going to be doing this on Wednesday, November 30th at 1230 p.m. Tuesday, December 13th at 1230 p.m. And Wednesday, December 21st at 1030 a.m. These are all central times and will each be 90 minutes. Then starting in 2017, you can join us on the second Tuesday of every month at 12.30 p.m. We'll be doing a live Q&A. Finally, our Wednesday evening study halls that are a part of the WTF to Done insurance series end December 8th. So if you have forms to fill out or you're stuck on something related to insurance, join us from 7 to 8 p.m. Central. Jessica Stilwell will be there to answer your questions if you get stuck. And I want to just send a big, big thank you to Jessica for paying it forward so much in such a big way with your time, your expertise, with setting up the scholarship fund. And, uh, and if you'd like to help pay it forward, we actually just started a Patreon page. You can go to erictivers.com slash Patreon. It's up and live, but I still have a lot of work to do on it. I'm, uh, I'm working on my perfectionism, so I have a very imperfect version of it live on my website. Um, but I'll have more information about that in coming weeks. So all the live events and information about them where you can register is at erictivers.com slash events. That's erictivers.com slash events. Turn good intention into amazing actions with the ADHD Rewired Coaching and Accountability Group. This virtual video-based group coaching program meets three times a week. Improve your productivity, develop better habits, experience the true power of supportive accountability from members of our own tribe. Learn, grow, and connect. Learn more at ADHDrewired.com. I hope to see you there at ADHDrewired.com. And prepare to get your ADHD rewired. Next, we're going to talk to my friend, Roberto Olivardia. Roberto is a clinical psychologist uh, at Harvard, and uh, he's been on the show before. He was on episode uh, 37, where he talks about sleep, um, and he has some crazy sleep stories and personally has a uh, pretty significant case of sleep apnea. Then he joined us back on episode 74 for mindful eating with ADHD as he um, he explores how uh, people with ADHD are more prone to eating disorders and other uh, food-related challenges uh, with ADHD. And then recently, uh, somewhat recently, it was episode 118, Could It Be Bipolar Disorder, where he, and this is a really uh, popular episode, I got a lot of great feedback on this one, um, where he talked about the uh, distinguishing between bipolar disorder and ADHD, um, including when it coexists. So um, we'll post links to uh, those episodes in the show notes. 
But I have gotten to know Roberto personally through the Chad conferences. And if there's one thing I've learned about Roberto is he is a fantastic storyteller. So I'm going to let Roberto share some of those stories with you now. I'm here with Roberto Olivardia, who's been on the podcast how many, two times, three times? I think two, two or three. I think we tried for a third and that hasn't happened yet. I think that we, we wanted to have you to come on to talk about ADHD and OCD. Yes, that, that's the next one we have to do. So we'll definitely get that, uh, get that going. So, um, Robert, I've always known you as a fantastic storyteller. Um, and I, we probably shouldn't share the stories right now that you were just sharing. But can you share just an ADHD story, uh, maybe a personal one? Uh, let's see. Well, one, actually, I don't know why this is coming to my mind, but that's ADD for you. Um, I actually told the story to my son, who's 11, to explain how impulsive I could be at times when I was younger. I remember very vividly at 10 years old walking home from school with a bunch of my friends and there was this motorcycle that was parked in front of this person's house and it was the coolest looking motorcycle you've ever seen. It had flames on it and it was black and black is my favorite color and I thought, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine what it must feel like to sit on this motorcycle. Now, mind you, this motorcycle... God knows how much tens of thousands of dollars this motorcycle was. So without even thinking, and when I look back at this now, I think, oh my gosh, like what was I thinking? Like if my son did this, I'd be like, what are you thinking? I got my backpack off and I, you know, told my friends, oh, I'm going to sit on this motorcycle. So I sit on this motorcycle and of course it starts to kind of wobble a little bit. And the owner of the motorcycle came out of his porch because I set off an alarm that apparently is hooked into something that this guy had. And let's just say this guy was very um, assertive looking um, and said words at that point, which I had never even heard of before, um, and literally looked like he was going to kill me. And I got off that thing as fast as I could, and we ran like anything. But the funny part about it is once we made it all the way home, instead of thinking, oh, even then, instead of thinking, oh my gosh, what was I just doing? I could have toppled that motorcycle over and caused major damage. I went, that was so cool. I'm like, it was so worth it to literally almost get the crap beat out of me by this guy. Even though I was only 10 or 11, he was, there was no question he was going to strong arm me off that motorcycle. I got to sit on this amazing motorcycle because I'm not ever going to ride a motorcycle in my life. That's not on my bucket list. Um, But to sit on one was totally worth it. And that is, um, that's impulsivity right there at its best because now I look at that and I think, Oh, my gosh. But there are many more moments like that in my life. You know, some that happened last week. So, (laughs) But that popped in my head. I have no idea why. When we think about strategies, what is a strategy that you use to keep the impulsivity at bay? Well, the funny thing is when I give a lot of talks about, about ADHD and particularly to parents, I think it's important as someone with ADHD who, you know, I lead a very moral, ethical life and um, to let them know it's, you know, it's not going to be disaster in your child's future, like things will, but I do tell them the, the impulse is still there. That has not changed 
at all. Like I still walk by certain things and think, ooh, I want to do this or I want to do that. None of that has changed. The thing that has changed is actually whether I do it or not, because now I think I, you know, my brain is certainly more developed at 44 than it was at 10. Um, and I could think, hmm, there are probably consequences if I do this, this, and this. So I have like the pause down to a science now, um, which I started to kind of work on, I think, more probably after college more that I started to think about, okay, there could, like, what does it mean to be two or three steps ahead, which I could do in other things like goal setting and stuff like that. Um, but no, that desire is still there to do all those crazy things. But are there specific sort of strategies that you put in place to, to create that pause for you? I think I, um, I don't know. I take a deep breath a lot of the time and just um, and literally just visualize in my head like what what could be the impact if I do X, Y, you know, Z. And sometimes it's something as innocent as should I have that next piece of cheesecake? Um, and what would be the consequences if I do? Do I really need it? And then other times it's like sometimes almost like yelling out the most inappropriate thing just to get a response from people like little stuff like that that you would expect would be funny for a 12 year old is still funny to me um so i think i just visualize the consequences better than i did when i was younger <laughs> so are, are you thinking that, and i don't know if i ever thought about this as impulsivity but the having a strange crazy thought kind of come through your mind I remember being a kid, and I still do this. I look at a, uh, a fire alarm, and I'm like, ooh, well, what if I just pull that right now? Do you think that's impulsivity? I think in some way, yeah. I mean, it depends, I guess, on how often you have that and stuff. I mean, I remember... <laughs> when I was in third grade, we went on a field trip to the Boston... Um, I should say a museum in Boston, because I don't know if this could implicate me in some crime, but... and. My friends and I, there were three of us, there were four of us all together. We snuck away from the group. Nowadays, this probably wouldn't fly because you'd have, you have many chaperones at field trips now, and that's how it should be. And we literally made it up to, I don't even know, the f floors we weren't supposed to go on in this museum. And there was a door that said, push, if you push this, the emergency alarm. And I said, oh, those things aren't real. Like, it's not like it's really going to set off an alarm. So... I pushed it, and of course, it set off the alarm, and the entire museum had to evacuate. And it's stuff like that that now I think, oh my gosh, like again, it's that, whereas now, I, that happened to me actually not too long ago. I was in a building, and, it's, and it, the most convenient way out was something that said emergency door, alarm will sound. And the first thought that came to my head is, oh, is that really, do you think it'll really sound or they just say that? But then I thought, I visualized, okay, what if the alarm goes off and all the, and that wouldn't be a good thing, you know, to, and so I stopped myself from doing it. <laughs> Congratulations. As you were saying that, I, have you ever been to the, the uh, muse, I think it's the Museum of Science, to the Museum, museum of Science Industry in Chicago or the Field Museum, I forget which one is which, but they had this giant, it's like a pendulum that rocks back and forth with the Earth's like gravitational rotation, and I remember being, every time I would go there, I would say, I could jump the stair rail and just slide down it. 
I never did, but I always had those kinds of thoughts. Like I could do, but I would never do it. And I think that my flavor of ADHD has always been almost, almost the overly inhibited in some ways, but I have the thoughts about what I want to do. And it's definitely that kind of flavor of the, ooh, what, 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 could I get away with that? Yeah, which I think, you know, I'm sure a lot of people have that, but I, I don't know to the degree that I, you know, can have those kind of thoughts or the frequency or the, because sometimes I'll say, it depends on who I tell these stories to. If I tell them to someone who has ADHD, they laugh with me, they think it's funny. And then it's clear when I tell it to someone who doesn't, that they look at me and they think, oh my gosh, like, you're a little. So you're a sociopath. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They're like, okay, I don't really think all those things. And, um, and I, you know, and it's never involves like hurting anyone or anything like that, but it's, just yeah like stuff like what would happen if fill in the blank what are you presenting on this week so tomorrow I'm talking about ADHD and anxiety which I'm very happy it'll be my first time actually talking about that at this conference are you nervous what was that? Are you nervous? I am not nervous, thankfully, so I'm not anxious about talking about anxiety. Um, and I'm very happy, too, um, seeing that it affects about 30% of people with ADHD have some form of an anxiety disorder. And then on Saturday, very happy to be presenting on ADHD and dyslexia, which um, is a language-based learning disability that affects people's ability to read and write. Um, and that it, my son has dyslexia. I definitely had a mild version of it as a kid. And, and something that is has such a high comorbidity with ADHD, but yet a lot of people still think dyslexia is seeing words backwards, and that's not what dyslexia is. And in the dyslexia world, when I talk about this, I do a lot of talking about what ADHD really is, and they think it's kids who are all hyperactive and never graduate from high school. Um, and when I say they, I don't mean every you know organization, but the consensus is that people really don't know what ADHD is in non-ADHD circles, and so I'm here to talk about what dyslexia is. So I'm really, really excited. That's awesome. And I know, you know a huge part of ADHD Rewired is... is helping people understand their experience through the power of story. And I remember you sharing, um, I don't know if it was in a personal conversation or on the podcast, about uh, your son who you brought to um, was it a legislative body to, to advocate for. Would you mind sharing that story? Sure. So I am from Boston, Boston, Massachusetts. And in the state of Massachusetts, there were two pieces of legislation uh, regarding dyslexia. One was to actually use the word dyslexia in an IEP in the state of Massachusetts, with even though we have two of the nation's experts on dyslexia are in Massachusetts, they still don't write dyslexia on the IEP. It's called a specific learning disability. And there was another piece of legislation that had required early screening because a colleague of mine, Dr. Nadine Gab at Children's Hospital, has basically developed this measure, 20 minutes it would take, to screen kids in kindergarten and with a very high accuracy can predict which ones are going to be dyslexic. And this goes, I mean, most parents have to spend $5,000 on a full neuropsych assessment to get to that conclusion. And so there were these two pieces of legislation, and my son, Roman, who's 11 now, he has dyslexia and ADHD, we testified at the Joint Committee of Education at the State House to all these, there's this big, you know, room and looked like something out of, you know, Congress and 13 uh, senators and people of uh, committees and 
and he talked about how important it is to be identified early. He was diagnosed in kindergarten. Um, and how important it is to get the right services, that we can't call it anything else than what it is. And in fact, that when you call it dyslexia, the studies show that kids who have that word, actually their self-esteem is not negatively impacted by it. In fact, it's helped by it versus thinking that they're stupid, that they're not intelligent, that they're poor students. It, it just makes sense. And then I testified as well. And it was an incredibly, incredibly empowering experience and very difficult to hold back my tears watching my son talk so eloquently to these people, something that would have intimidated me at, at 10. He was 10 at the time. I was going to say, it probably made you a pretty proud papa. Extremely, extremely proud. Well, Roberto, thank you. We definitely have to schedule getting you to come back on the show to talk about uh, um, ADHD and OCD. I know that a lot of the, the community members are were begging for that because at the end of the last episode when you were on, um, I think I just asked the community a question about you know, if you'd like to, you know, for you to come on to talk about that, and it was a resounding yes. So let's definitely get that scheduled. So thank you. Okay, sure. Always, always a pleasure. Oh, and you wanted to sing a song. I understand. <laughs> oh, there are many songs I could be singing. If I grab the mic, it'll be another 45 minutes. I'll do a whole set list of punk tunes and 80s songs. So That was Dr. Roberto Olivardia. Remember David from earlier in the hour? Well, we caught up with him again at the very end of the conference. And I just once again want to say, David, thanks a lot for the ride. I mean, really, truly appreciate it. All right, here's David, day three. So it's now day three of the conference, and uh, on the first day, we ran into David, and I just actually ran into him again, and uh, I wanted to just get some of your highlights, some of the things that you uh, learned from the conference. Yeah, so the conference was great. Uh, I mean, there's so much information, and then there's also a lot of networking you could do, really just, you know, meeting other folks that have ADHD as well. Um, But I would say some of the takeaways that I really... Uh, learned was um, the biggest issues of, you know, if you should actually disclose this to the company that you work with, you know, and also kind of just like opening the doors to where the diversity is, where you can like bring it up to them and just say like, you know, things that can make you help you be more productive, things like that, you know, kind of approaching it in that way, not in a negative sense, you know, like the stigma around ADHD. Um, Some of the other things, too, was a great uh, session I did was the pretty much the ADHD coaching versus the CBT approach. Uh, I thought that was really interesting to hear from a coach with ADHD and then also a uh, psychologist's perspective on CBT. Um, That was good to hear. And I kind of felt like throughout the sessions I was going through and also talking to like different coaches with that have ADHD, but also uh, some of them don't have all ADHD, but you know, some of the coaches for that, it seemed like I can relate with them better. And the information that they gave was more direct what can actually help me in the day rather than saying from a therapy approach where it would just, it's more time consuming and it would be a longer approach. And, you know, for us with ADHD, it's kind of like, you know, we want something that will help us like right then and there. So I felt like, you know, throughout the, you know, the sessions I was going through the, the best, and the most influential would be the ADHD coaches. So um, those are some of the takeaways that I, that I really took away. And um, 
really too like uh, opening my mind to different things of like mindfulness meditation I know that's a struggle it's a challenge for me and it's in itself but um, one of the keynotes was about mindfulness um, I thought that was excellent and I'm going to definitely uh, kind of go back forth into that and, and really challenge myself to, to do that because there's so many beneficial um, so many be- beneficial things about that so so were there any sort of specific, whether the, the, the coaching um, uh, coaching CBT session or the, the, one, the keynote with the mindfulness, were there any specific things that you were like really like maybe either eye-opening or that you were found fascinating? Yeah, so actually one of the last sessions I was in was about procrastination, which is huge because, you know, in my daily job, I'm always about doing different different tasks. And then, you know, for the most part, I'm the type of guy where I'm like, eh, let me go to the words, the easy one rather than the hard one. But she was talking about, and it was actually a, a good metaphor of like, you know, eating the frog, you know, like just doing the hardest part first rather than the easy one. Because a lot of times, you know, you can get a lot done if you just do the hardest part and then it kind of brings down your anxiety and things like that uh, so you can accomplish more within the day so that's that's a big one and then uh, and, and I guess of course going back into the mindfulness of just kind of like you know we're constantly thinking 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 and just getting to that relaxing stage you know so I mean it, it could be really anything of just you know the meditation part but then also too of what she was talking about uh, with the last session was for procrastination. She was talking about how um, just doing those relaxing moments, like whatever it may be, like maybe you're just going to like rest for a minute. Um, You could do different approaches of just relaxation, you know, different techniques. So I'm like, okay, well, that's pretty interesting. So those are some of the real takeaways that I, I got. What about the, the non the stuff that's not like the the content. This is your first ADHD conference. Um, you're, if I recall, recently diagnosed. How was this emotionally for you? Emotionally, it was. Oh man, I guess the best way to describe it just. I just felt so comfortable here. Like emotionally, I just. I felt so accepted, and it just really it kind of brings up my self-esteem and my self-confidence and everything. Cause I mean, it's like, don't look at your faults, but also look at it, the gift part of it, you know, what, and how do you can utilize what you've just learned through all this and everything else that you can learn too. I mean, there's so many books, there's so many YouTube videos, there's so many podcasts, you know, great information out there that you can really utilize, but to really immerse yourself into that, into that world, which can just help you, you know, utilizing those tools to make, to be all beneficial for you. Um, so just the emotions that I got was this, yeah, it just brought me up, really. Were you surprised by that? I was. I was. I, I felt like, you know, I originally signed up for this back in August, and I'm like, because I had just heard about it, and I was like, you know what, you know, it's great to, like, you know, listen and watch, you know, YouTube videos and things like that, you know, read books, but getting that human interaction and meeting people, and it just makes it more real, and that's, man, it's... I totally, I'm great that I'm, that I took the chance of even just coming out here and just doing something different that I would normally not do. Um, so yeah, it's been great. Well, thank you so much for, for taking a few minutes again to, to talk with me. Uh, enjoy the rest of the conference. And uh, when you go home, 
review all those things that you learned and, and try to share it with somebody. Sure. All right. Thanks, Eric. Well, those were the highlights uh, on my end from the 2016 CHAD conference in Costa Mesa. As you can hear from everyone, the community atmosphere is amazing. And that's one of the, I think, the greatest things uh, besides just the learning uh, that, that you get from conferences like this is that sense of community, that sense of tribe, that sense of belonging, that that uh, of, of understanding and acceptance. And, you know, while this might only be a once a year and at the next conference, uh, if you want to plan ahead, it was going to be in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, around the same time. If you go to the Chad website, there'll probably be information uh, about that next year's conference. But community is such an important part of ADHD Rewired, whether it's the Facebook community uh, that we are working through. So if you have some community requests, uh, we are working through that uh, to, to get to your request to join our community. Uh, so just make sure that you are watching Messenger uh, from a message from, uh, it'll most likely now be from Nisha Saramanian, uh, who is the uh, now official group moderator uh, there in the Rewired community. Uh, but the other place where it's almost as close to face-to-face is in the ADHD Rewired Coaching and Accountability Group, because we do see each other uh, on the video, on our video conferencing uh, tool that we use called Zoom. And um, we just got finished. I'm recording this uh, a week before this episode releases. And uh, early registration is over. We uh, uh, are filled on over on early registration. Um, so there might be an announcement about the coaching group. Uh, there may be a, there might maybe possibly be a third group. I'll announce that next week's episode. Um, check the group, uh, the, the website as well. Uh, so anyways, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If uh, if you're new to the podcast, this is not a typical format uh, of the episode. Um, but anyways, I, I am still looking for guests. So if you are interested in sharing your story, uh, go to ADHDrewired.com and click the, there's a little microphone icon, uh, just a little bit down the page. And it, there's a button that says, be a guest, schedule a 15 minute call with me so we can discuss your story and uh, get you all uh, set up there. So I'm looking forward to talking with uh, more of you really soon. Um, if you liked this episode, if you like this podcast, please consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes. It truly, truly does. You know you hear me ask this all the time in the outro, but it really does help other people find this podcast. Um, And it was just amazing how many people came up to me uh, over the course of the conference. Uh, And even people who I talk to uh, just online uh, and, and social media who, you know, share with me how much hearing this podcast, hearing other people share their stories um, has changed their lives. People telling me that uh, they they share uh, my podcast with their clients, with their chat groups. Uh, and I just want to thank you for all of you who do that, who do share and let other people know about the podcast. So thank you. I will be back here as always next Tuesday on your podcast app. See you then. 
Oh, wait, there's always one more thing. Don't forget to uh, look at the webinar and events page uh, at my website. Go to ericdivers.com slash events. We have a live Q&A coming up. We have a couple webinars coming up um, because the ADHD Rewired Coaching and Accountability Group um, open registration starts December 19th. And um, it's 9.22 p.m. My meds have worn off, which means we should cue the banjos. Bye. This has been Eric Tivers, and I want to thank you for listening and congratulations for making it to the end. ADHD Rewired is more than just a podcast. We are a community focused on learning, growing, and connection. The website is ADHDrewired.com. You can find summaries and additional resources for each episode, learn more about the ADHD Rewired Coaching and Accountability Group, and more. It's all at ADHDrewired.com. Don't just be a passive listener. Be an active member of the community. Submit your request to join our free and growing community on Facebook. Watch for a message from me on Facebook because I screen everyone before they come in the group. Podcasts do change lives. You can make a difference in someone's life by spreading the word about this podcast. Share it online or share it with a friend. If you're a member of Chad or any other ADHD support group, let people know about this show. And if you really loved this episode, please hit share on your podcast player. One of the biggest things you can do to support this podcast and help other people discover it is to leave an honest rating and a review on iTunes or Stitcher. If you can't figure out how to do it, message me on Facebook or through my website and I'll be happy to walk you through it. Looking for more ways to listen and learn? Get a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial at Audible by using my affiliate link at audibletrial.com slash ADHD Rewired. Not sure where to start? Start with Brene Brown's The Gift of Imperfections or her six-hour recorded workshop, The Power of Vulnerability. This is Eric Tivers reminding you that when you spend time to plan, you will save time that you could spend later. Until next time.